take your seat if you can. How's everybody doing this evening? Great. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I really enjoy the praise worship. There are songs I've not heard in a long, long time, but they came alive. Praise God. God, God bless you guys. Yeah. Thank God for you. All right, we'll just quickly try and go through um, uh, just a review. But what, what I'm looking to do this month is for us to do a genuine Bible studies where we'll have outlines and all of that. Because when it comes to the you know, discussions of money, we need to be really able to uh, dig our heels in them so we can, we can be able to extract the best we can extract from because... Um, there's a lot of uh, misconceptions and a lot of, you know, things around uh, money that I think we need to, you know, discuss and talk about. So I, I want us to have a situation where we are doing a genuine business. So I will see what we can do next week. By Sunday, I will announce it and see what we can do if it is really going to work. But I want to bring, you know, outlines where we can really sit down and sit in, in circles and really talk about these things. So I, I'm really looking forward to that. That's what I think is because, uh, okay, maybe I didn't say it on Sunday, but for the whole of March, we're talking about money. And, you know, I want us to dig deep into it, not just, you know, always think about it. All right, but um, for now, we'll just make do with um, what we have. So on Sunday, we started, <coughs> we started the conversation, and uh, the conversation just you know, primarily lies on the fact that God has called every one of us to abundance. And we saw on Sunday that God did not just only call us to abundance, he made provision for us to be able to enter into abundance. All right? He made, he made the provision by giving us gifts, talents, grace, power, whatever you want to call it. There's something in your life that God has given to you that, you know, and we say those things, can, it can be your job, it can be your relationship, your connections and all that. But there's a grace of God, there's a gift of God, there's a blessing of God. There's a power of God through which God wants us to enter into abundance. Because really, you, you cannot start talking about giving in the way God wants us to give without us really embracing abundance, without us knowing what abundance is. And we define abundance as you having enough for yourself and having enough, not just some. Look at what that scripture says. Um, 2 Corinthians 9.8. It says, God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you have in all sufficiency, in all things, and at all time, will also abound, not just have some, but you are also abounding to every good work. And I think that is where the aspiration of every Christian should be in terms of, you know, what, you know, uh, abundance is. And just to piggyback again on what, what we said, there are two main reasons why uh, God talks so much about, you know, money. And uh, really, we said, you know, that more than 2,000 times that God spoke about money, possession, and all of that stuff in scriptures. More than love, as good as love is, God spoke more than money. The Bible spoke more than money. More than, the Bible spoke more about money than love. Heaven, where it's our ultimate. Redemption. All this is put together. The Bible spoke 
uh, Bible has more to say about money than it has to say about all these things. So if God takes it really important, we should see it as important. And one of the reasons why God speaks, speaks so much about, um, about money is that, number one, it is the biggest contender for our hearts when it comes to God. He said you cannot serve God and mammon. It did not say you cannot serve God and the devil. He said you cannot serve God and mammon. All right? So it contends against God for our hearts. It, it, it wants to find a place of rest and dominion and domination in our hearts, you know, against God. So that's number one. Number two, God has called us to every good work. God has called us to good work. He said God has created you for the good works, right? In the book of Colossians, he said you have been created, and, and, and sorry, Ephesians, he said you have been created unto good works. And now in, uh, in, in the book of 2 Corinthians, Paul is telling us, that God has called us to have abundance for the good work. In other words, the good work that God wants to do, it will take part of what it will take, part of the resource, bless you, part of the resource that it's going to take is going to be uh, the abundance that God has made available for us. All right? So we need to, we need to uh, uh, understand these two things. And then three, number three reason why I said it, number three, another reason why I said it is that no matter how spiritual you are, there are certain times that natural things can sabotage your spiritual efforts. All right? So, natural things. And one of the main natural things that can sabotage your spiritual efforts or your spiritual uh, strength or whatever it is, is what? It's money. Money can derail you. Money, you know, in fact, Paul said it in, in the book of uh, Timothy, in his letter to Timothy. He said some people, because they are, they are so much out of control when it comes to money, he said they pierce themselves with many sorrows. In other words, your spiritual walk with God, your spiritual enlightenment, your spiritual um, uh, advancement or, or uh, development can be sabotaged. And God's work, God's things can be sabotaged in life because of money. And because of these things, God is talking about money, 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 every, at every turn, you know, every, every, every corner. So, any question about that? About why God you know, why God talks about money. Or any questions? Before I summarize and I throw the floor. Okay. And then we talked about two things about, you know, abundance. How to get into abundance. The thing is, God has called us. Because when it's a calling, you know, wh when it's a calling, it means, you know, God has, uh, uh, God has called you. God wants you to have it. That's why he has called you into it. If it's a calling, anything you take like a calling, it means the grace of God is upon you and you are called into it. All right? And God has made all the resources available for you. Whatever resource it is that God has made available, whatever resource you need to get into abundance, God has made it available. And that's why that's what we said, you know, is the grace of God. It's called the grace of God in, in 2 Corinthians. In Deuteronomy, it's called the power of God. In some other place, it's called the blessings of God and all kinds of things. So God has called us because he has given us the grace and the ability and the power to be able to enter into abundance. However, there are two reasons why we primarily don't get into uh, abundance. And then the, the first one, the first one is, you know, we, you know, our, our minds, you know, have been, um, our minds have not been able to get into that area of abundance. In other words, abundance is first of all and primarily a thing of the heart. It's a thing of your, it's, it's, it's a state of your being. Yes, it's a state of your being. You know, it's a state of your being. And that's why you have millionaires who are still very poor. They are millionaires. They have all the money. They have everything. They, can, they are still poor in their minds. I know millionaires who worship their cars. In other words, nobody can ride their cars. 
They can buy 10, 20, 30 of those cars. But yet that one, nobody can, you know, nobody can have it. Nobody can touch it. It ha- Yeah. Yeah, they call, it, they call it baby. Yeah, my baby. Yes, 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 yes. They, 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 because, they, you know, because they are poor mentally. They are poor in their heart. They are poor in their minds. All right? So, in other words, we are saying that the abundance of money in your bank account does not mean you, are, you have abundance. Because you have to come into abundance with your mind first. Before you come into abundance in the reality, you know, with your pockets. So, it's a state of being. And, you know, I quoted that Miroslav Love that says, you know, there's a difference between, you know, a state of being and a state of having. And too many times we, we pursue the state of having rather than the state of being. And if we do that, we're putting the cart before the horse, right? And that, you know, just drags us into this. So that's the first one. That's the first reason, the very primary reason why we don't enter into abundance is our mind, our heart. That's why we cannot enter into abundance. So somebody believes that... Uh, you know, some, some, of, some of our beliefs, oh, you know, it, it's so difficult, it's so, um, it's so, uh, because of the state where I'm from, you know, who gave birth to me, uh, where I grew up, where I developed, it doesn't matter where you grew up in. If you are born on the backside of wherever, the call of God is still upon your life for abundance. And there's nothing that can negate that call but you. You are going to be the antagonist against what God has called. Because it's a call. It's a call. It's a call. And if it's a call, it's a given. From God's end, it's a given. And you are the only one that can work against your own financial or uh, your, your own entry into that realm of abundance. That physical entry. It's you that can do it. Many years ago, before, you know, before we, we, we um, before we, my wife and I, migrated to this part of the world and we were, you know, just a, just an, a side example. And we were, um, we were coming. And she, she had a very, you know, she had a, she had a very important position where she worked and she was just going to walk away from it and just, you know, leave and everything. So, uh, there was an Indian guy who was, uh, who was the boss or who owned the bank. She worked in the bank. There was an Indian guy who was who primarily owned the bank, but he used some other people as fronts. That's you know that's what you do sometimes for to hide your you know your money. So he owned the bank, and um, when he told when when he saw when she told him oh I'm migrating to, and he said why oh you know for better opportunities and all that and and the guy said no and he said he said sometimes human beings have traveled all over the world and sometimes people are just blind to what opportunities are available for them. And my wife was like what do you mean? He said, look, I came into this country with, you know, just my briefcase. And here I am today. So what am I saying? I'm saying that we have opportunities sometimes, but we are not tuned because of our mindset. We are not tuned to the opportunities that God is creating for us. And sometimes even when we're tuned to the opportunities, guess what? We're too afraid to get in there. Still the process of the mind, Right? process of the mind, our state of being has not grown to embrace the fact that God has actually made all grace abound towards you. I want you to know it, it's not only the people that are in bucket that God has made all grace abound towards. Right? It's everybody. God has made all grace abound towards you. That you, having all sufficiency in all things and at all times, may abound unto every good work. It's everybody. 
Everybody. It doesn't matter. I heard one preacher one time who was saying something. Very sick. He said he has not been to a village where there was no rich man. Any village in the world. Go to any village in the world. Anywhere in the world. There's a rich man. So if, if you have villages where you have rich men and all that, then there's something, there's something about it. There's something about wealth and richness that is not just geographic and it's not just a circumstance of, um, it's not just about the, our own peculiar circumstances. The thing is, what are you doing to overcome your peculiar circumstances? All right? Because God has made all grace abound towards you. So first of all, it has to be a mindset, a change, a complete shift of mindset. And the second one we said is that there are physical things that you have to do. And too many times we have not been taught very well in those physical things. They have told us, give your way out of poverty. That's not scriptural. I've heard it. There's a pastor that said it one day when I was there. He said, give your way out of poverty. Where is it in scripture? It's not scriptural. If you look at it from, 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 you know, look at it from Genesis. I can, you know, I've studied this, I've studied this thing for years. I've studied this thing for years. In fact, I wrote a book many years ago about these things that I'm, you know, trying to share now. Look at Abraham. God made all grace to abound towards him. But he had to do something. You look at Abraham. He had his stock. He had his flock. He had his everything and all that. And guess what? This man left with nothing from the awe of the Chaldees when he was living. There was nothing. He left with nothing. God told him, leave your father's house. You're this thing. He left everything. By the time he was settling down, he had become a rich man. In fact, before he settled down, they were still, you know, they were still going. He had to call his, his, uh, his, his, his nephew, Lot, and told him so that there would not be a problem between my herdsmen and your own herdsmen. What does that mean? It means he had become so rich, he had become, he had, become, he had so much that he needed men to assist him. He had employees to assist him at the time. Why? Because God had told him, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. And I'm telling you that the blessings of God is upon every one of us. He said, I will bless you. Is God lying? No, God is not lying. Let's forget about all the lies that everybody is telling us. Let God be true and every man is a liar. God had fulfilled his, I mean, his promise to Abraham that he had so much that he had to hire men to help him out. And he went and he took his stuff. And this is the man that God told, I will bless you. And I will make you a blessing. God is telling us in the 21st century, I have made all grace abound towards you. It is the same way he promised Abraham that he's promising you today. Abraham left with nothing. Now, next step, go to his son Jacob. Jacob also went to Laban's house. He had nothing but the promise of God. You have nothing but the promise of God. If that is all that you have, the promise of God is all that you have. That is enough to get into wealth. He had nothing but the promise of God. And from there, God gave him wisdom to be able to get whatever he wanted to get. And he became rich. And guess what? When he was going to meet Esau, and Esau was going to bring a gift to him, he said, no, 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 no. I don't need anything that you give me. Look at God has so blessed me. Look at everything that God has blessed me with. Why? He has converted the blessing to reality, to abundance in reality. 
What am I saying? For, there's a place for giving. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not denying the place of giving. I'm not saying, you know, giving is not, don't give. In fact, we need you to give to us. That's why we're talking about abundance. All right? But what I'm telling you, I want to tell you the truth. I want us to engage with truth, right? There's nowhere in the scripture that giving takes you out of poverty. It's not there in scripture. Look at the New Testament everywhere. I can, I can prove it to you if we have the time. We don't have time. But if you need, I mean, if you want to engage me, you know, I can, you know, we can come here and we can talk. I'll give you time. Spend time and we can talk about that. All right? But there's a role for giving. We'll see that on Sunday. There's a role that giving plays in our spiritual life and in our spiritual journey. But when it comes into entering the abundance of God, giving will lead you, will help God to be able to give you to make your needs met. But like we said, you are supposed to move beyond your needs being met. You're supposed to meet, go beyond your needs being met. And that is why we have camped all this while. Right? Where God is just meeting your needs. God is just meeting your needs. And that's what I call a wilderness mentality. Why is it a wilderness mentality? Because God met their needs only in, in the wilderness. He only gave them what they needed to eat. And it was just for the day. And after that, whatever you wanted to keep for, the, for that day, it will not last. It will rot. But guess what God did? He promised them, he said, I will give you a land that is flowing with milk and honey. Immediately they stepped into the land that was flowing with milk and honey. The manna stopped. Manna stopped immediately. Because why? God wants us to engage his blessings. He wants to be a co-creator with us. So they could not be in the promised land. You cannot be in the promised land, in your promised land, and be waiting on God for handouts. God, in your promised land, gives you all the things. He blesses your land. For some of us, it's our memory. For some of us, it's our relationship. For some of us, it's whatever it is. It's our promise. You know, our promised land is that thing that God has given us. For the children of Israel, it was a land that was flowing with milk and honey. And immediately they got into the land that was flowing with milk and honey, God said, okay, the manna ceases. And the manna stopped. And guess what? They began to be alive. But, but look, at, look, at, look, at, look, at, look at what is important. Look at, look at what happened there. God still knew that even though the land was flowing with milk and honey, just like his promise is real today, just like his grace is real today, he knew that that land was flowing with milk and honey. But here he said, provide, provide for people who are going to be poor. He said, the poor you always have with you. Even though the land was flowing with milk and honey, the land has been blessed. Why? There were some people who were not going to engage the blessing. There were some people who were not going to engage the land. And so they were not being poor because the land was not flowing with milk and honey or God was slack in his promise, but because they had not engaged. They always have the wilderness mentality. They always had the wilderness mentality. That's why they were not engaging. They were not engaging what God has given to them. They were not engaging his blessing. They were not engaging his gift. They were not engaging his promise to them. So God made provision. So there will be provision for people who are not this thing. God will help you. He will meet all your needs, you know, according to his riches and glory. But that's not where he wants you to be. He wants us to engage. We have been told all kinds of things in, in our Christianity. Oh, oh, the wealth of the, of the Gentiles are laid up for the just. And things like, we're just fooling ourselves. We're just deceiving ourselves. If you are not engaging, there's no land that we, you know, I, 
I, I look at Christians sometimes and I'm just wondering, do you know that the 20 top richest men in the world are not even Christians? Some of them don't even believe in God. Why are they being blessed and we are not? It is the amount of engagement that you have with the blessings of God that helps you get into that abundance. And we need to start teaching that to our children, our young men. That's why I brought the children up, you know, on Sunday. We need to start teaching that to our children and our young men. That you cannot, there's a place for prayer. There's a place for giving. There's a place for being nice. But the critical area where we have missed it a lot of times is that we have just thought that we can sit down and God will just favor us and then we'll just enter into abundance and then we just say, oh, it is God that has done it. No. Whether you work for it or you don't work for it, it's God that still gave you. All the ability, all the power, all the gifts of the glory, everything you do, the breath you even have to even do it, to be able to do it, it's God that gave it to you. So it's still God's. The Bible says there's nothing that you have that you have not been given. We need to engage. We need to really engage. And then we talked about, you know, passion. If you, if you engage, there's no way. In fact, the Bible talks about Jesus. It talks about Jesus in the prophecy in Isaiah. The Bible talks about Jesus. For him to be able to do his work, his zeal will, be, will perform it. Isn't that what it said? It said, for the zeal of the house of the Lord, there's a place where you're saying the zeal of the house of the Lord has consumed me. And there's a place say, for the zeal of the Lord shall perform it. And zeal, another word for zeal is passion. Yes. So you're talking about engagement, and you talked about um, the coming into abundance being a thing of the mind. So what is, can you explain the engagement? If it's not works, what is it then? All right. There are two angles to this thing, right? Number one is, like I said, there are people who are rich in terms of cash. But when you see their lifestyle, the way they live their life, the way they do things, you know they are really not rich. They are mine. And there are some other people who cannot even get to the point where they have a lot of abundance because there's a, there's a wall in their minds that have told them all kinds of things and said, look, um, you can't be rich because of where you're from. You can't be rich because of who you are. God does not love you. God does not, you know, God does not, the provision of God does not work for people like you and things like all kinds of things. So one area that you have to do is that you have to overcome all those obstacles from your mind in terms of, you know, you believing God, that God, your promise concerning me is true. You have to get that, you have to get to that point where your mind and your heart, it becomes a state of your heart, a state of your being. So that even when you want to do things, you don't even have cash in your pocket, you still live like, an like somebody who has abundance. Right? I'll give you, a, I'll give you an example. The widow the woman that gave the widow's mite. She has an abundance mentality. She did not have cash in her pocket. But when it was time to give, she did not, make a, she did not give an excuse. She did not make an excuse that, oh, I don't have money. Oh, I'm too poor. Oh, I she, she gave what she had. And that's an abundance mentality. That's a woman who entered the abundance because she's not limited, right, by her circumstance. And that's the first major step that we have to overcome. Now, the second other major step 
where I have sinned. It is not just enough to have an abundance mentality. It is not just enough to pray, but it is enough to engage whatever it is that God has given you. For instance, you're a pharmacist, right? Engage. How, what do I mean by engage? Don't just wake up like a physically, you're going to work in the morning, you just get up and, and, and just go to work and then, you know, you just go there just to do the routine. No, if you are in there, do it. The Bible says, whatsoever your hands shall find to do, do it with all your might. Engage. Be creative. Make that place better. If you have to think about this thing, do it. Create some things. Add to it. Make it beautiful. Make, it, make yourself appealing. And make your job what people want. That if you are not there, if you are not there, there's a problem. Right? People are worried why you are not there. When, when people come to your place of work, they want to deal with you. Your boss wants to deal with you. Your boss feels like he cannot live without you. That's what I mean by engage. Engage it. Make it better. Yes. Okay. Level, okay. Sometimes when there, there was a time when he told me, ah, it's like you don't, you really don't, don't appreciate. It's like you don't appreciate, you know, the fact that uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> and I have to tell him, and I've given him examples, and a lot of examples, and all of that, right? I gave him, I, I, you know, I've given him examples. Smartness, talent, and all those things, they are, they're everywhere. But it's what you do with it, and a lot of people that are really smart, you know. Don't, do, don't end up doing well sometimes. Because look at what that scripture says. It says, have you seen a man that is diligent in his business? He will stand before king, not before me man. It didn't say, have you seen a man that is talented? So it's not the talent that brings you before big, before big It's the diligence there that brings the engagement. That's what keeps you there. So what I tell my children is, like, like, my, uh, like my children now, what I tell them is, whatever you are doing now, put in your best. If your best is a D, that's good enough for me. Be diligent. Make sure you're putting effort in it. So when you're talking to your daughter, you're talking to this thing, everything she's doing, let her put her best there. Let her put her heart into it. Right? And like we said, um, Rebecca, on Sunday, we said Rebecca was just doing what she was doing. But the only thing was that she was very diligent in what she was doing. 
Because sometimes you might not quickly know what the mind of God or what the, you know, what the blessings of God is. But whatsoever your hand shall find to do, do it with all your heart. Put, the, what, the most important thing about it is diligence, really, not what it is, not what you are doing. Are they, are they going to school? Let them put in their best in school. So when I'm saying intelligence, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even condemning intelligence. Do you understand? I'm not saying intelligence is not right. Intelligence is not decent. Like I told you, my son is extreme. My second son, extremely intelligent. All right? But what I'm saying is what I emphasize for him is the intelligence. I mean, is the, is the diligence. Be passion. Be passionate. Be, in, be diligent about what you're doing. You get what I'm saying? So, they are going to school, let them put in their best. You are giving them house chores and all that, let them put in their best. They are doing house chores. They are, you know, they are, they are, they are, you know, whatever, I don't know, whatever area they help you, let them put in their best in it. Right? Don't allow them to escape with, oh, you know, they, you, know you want them to, to, to uh, vacuum the floor, and your seven-year-old, I don't know how, you know, I don't know if she does that, you want her to vacuum, and she's not vacuuming. No, go back and do it well. You understand what I'm saying? You go to the grocery store, she picks something and drops it. No, take it. Go take it and put it back there. Those are things, those are the trainings that we have to you know, start training them in terms of that diligence. And what you want to imbibe in them, what you want to put in them is diligence. To be diligent. To excel. To do better in everything that they have their hands on. So that when it comes to, when they realize what the blessings of God is upon their lives, they can engage with diligence. It will be easier at that time. I don't know if I made sense. I made sense? Okay. Any other question? Or any contribution? Okay. Okay, you are laughing, right? I was laughing because you said that on Sunday. Okay. So I was telling uh, Ledum because he was in youth choir that, yeah. yeah, I need to make sure that with Israel because Israel likes to tell him he's, he's good, he's good. Yeah. He, he's, he's a words of affirmation kind of child. He loves that. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, I, to I told his father yesterday, so he was doing homework, and he does his homework so quick. And he finishes, and he's done, and he wants to tell him, oh, you did a good job. And he's like, well, you didn't spell that word right. And I will make him go all the way up to his daddy, tell daddy, and have to, daddy, like, if he didn't do that, he would come back. Like four, five, six times. He's like, but I'm done. I'm like, well, you have to focus. You have to be diligent in what you're doing. And he was like, ah, oh, I'm so tired of this. But I'm saying, well, we're trying to get you yes. to get the, the point. I mean, he finally got it. He's like, did I get it now? I'm like, yes, you got it. Thank you very much for being for being diligent, but I was like, even with myself for work, yeah. I'm like, even if I don't like the place I'm working, quote yeah. unquote, that's not, cannot be my focus, that I don't like where exactly. I'm working. What needs to be my focus is that as long as I'm here, I'm going to be diligent in my work, oh. so that, one, I'm going to learn from it, yes. and then two, even if I don't stay there forever, the people that are around me say, okay, you know what, she may not have stayed here, she may have left, we may not, I don't like her, but we know that she was she diligent in her work. That needs to be what my trademark yes. is. Yes. In living in wherever I am. So I, I started this morning with that. I was like, Father, what I'm going to do is, and like you said, even your mind state of abundance, it is very important. Because if you have, I was doing my Bible study this morning, I was talking about do you trust God and about the fact that a lot of times we are very quick to say, you know, that I'm a child of God, I'm a child of God. But we don't say that and actually let it work out in what we're doing. Exactly. So you have, your mind has to be, so today I was like, okay, I get to do a task. You are intelligent. You can do this task. You, you are focused. Yeah. You can sit down, understand, and break the task down and have God help you. Not doubting ourselves sometimes, I think, limits us a lot in, in, in getting to that diligent place because we feel like, I can't do it. 
and you really can't be diligent if you're doubting yourself and say you, you can't. Exactly. You, I, mean, exactly. I, I mean, I tell myself, are you God? If God made you and God gave you wisdom, yes. Yes. then let God be God and you be yourself yes. and, 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 yes. and settle it. And, that's and, actually yeah. the engagement. That's yeah. how, you know, that's part of the engagement where, you know, you, you, you know that, you know, God has blessed you and talk to yourself about, you know, the blessings of God upon your life. You know, there's nothing that is in front of you that God, that you are in there, that God has not made a provision for. That's number one. And then if you are walking, if you are walking, if you are a worker here, I want you to know based on the book of Ephesians, from Ephesians chapter 5, if you read Ephesians chapter 5 very well, Ephesians chapter 5 is telling you that actually you're actually walking for God. When you walk, he said, let all servants, servants there mean people who walk for other people, he said, let them walk as unto the Lord. A lot of us think that we're walking for people. Right? But ultimately, we're working for God. We're working for God. And you have to do it. So, if you see God physically and God gives you an assignment, how are you going to do it? Are you going to be lackadaisical? Are you going to be, are you going to do it the way you are doing it? You want to put, I guess you want to put in your best, at least for me. I want to put in my best and do everything I can do with it. Not cut corners. Not just do whatever I need to do. Just get along with it. Just get by on it. But I want to sit down and really engage with God to do so. And that's one of the mentalities. That's one of the mindset that we need to have when we when we go at our place of work. Am I the way I'm engaging, the way I'm doing this? Am I doing it as unto the Lord, or I'm doing it as unto the man? Yes, ma'am. I think um, we were talking of Abraham. Yes. I think Abraham understand the 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 principle. I mean, that blessing. It's not geographical mm -hmm. because when he was supposed to choose between exactly uh, when he was supposed to, to, to take lots, but go and choose anyone choose you anyone like. Choose anyone first. Choose first. Choose anyone. Yeah. This guy, this guy doesn't care <laughs> where, uh, whether he choose uh, whatever uh, lot chose yes. first. So he allowed lot to choose to go first. first. Yes. Yes. Then God bless yes. bless Abraham yes. even more than lot. Yes. Then Jacob, too, when you look at Jacob, when Jacob was living in the house of Laban, that Laban, yes. he was, he told Laban that he was leaving, and Laban didn't want him to leave because God was blessing. Exactly. And he said, because of you. Because yes. of you, yeah. God has blessed yes. me. Yes. Then yes. he now yes. told him to choose uh, the, I think, the sheep. <laughs> so, and he said, Choose the one that is half speckled or yes, something like yes. that. He chose the harder one. The, the one harder one, yeah. <laughs> and you know, overnight, they said yeah. God multiplied yeah. Yeah. the yeah. one and yeah. made the one that yeah. was not uh, yeah. the, that, uh, yeah. the hard one and yes. made it half speckled overnight. Yes. yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, it's that's what I said. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's not a geographic thing. No it's geographic. you know, it, it's not it's not something that is geographic. It's not something that is limited to people or our circumstances. God's abundance is not limited to it. Abraham and all of those guys, they are guys that are conscious of the promise of God. They knew the promise of God. They knew what God has said. They believed in what God has said. That's still the area of, you know, your mind. You have to get to a point where in your mind you believe it, right? What God has said. Has, if God said, I've given you all, I made all grace about he is really serious about it. If he says, you know, so that you have all of it, he's really serious about it that he's going to make it. And that blessing that he has given you is capable of meeting every of those things. But are you engaging the blessing? That's the point. Are you engaging? Are you passionate about it? And finally, we talked about being patient. Right? 
if you are not patient, you, the thing's not the thing's not coming the way you think it is. It doesn't mean that the blessings of God is not working. Now there's a popular saying that you know uh, uh, insanity is doing something over and over again and expect a different result. But I can tell you there's a spiritual insanity that you need to do things over and over again and you're going to get a different result. Sometimes when it comes to spiritual things, you need to, go, you need to be insane if that's the definition of insanity. You need to do some things because, you know why? Because the promise of God, because God has promised you that. And if God has promised you, you need to stay on that promise. Abraham continued to do the same thing for 25 years. His situation changed. So, to Albert Einstein, who said that, he was insane. Right? But to God, because God makes foolish things to become wise. That's why you need patience. Keep doing it. As long as it is the promise of God, keep doing it. 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 You are going to get to the promised land. He said you are in need of patience so that when you have done the will of God, you will obtain the promise. You can take that to the bank. That as long as it takes, if you can stay there for as long as it takes, you are going to obtain the promise. And what is the promise? That God has called you into abundance. You make it a reality in your life. Do we, any question? Any subtraction? Yes. I, I, I understand, but what is, the question now asked is what is the standard of diligence, right? Or what is your own standard of diligence? Okay. If you are doing the best of your ability, what others think about you does not really matter. No, 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 no. You can. Okay. Yes. Yes, your, your opinion does matter, but for, uh, that's why I'm saying, what is the standard of, what is the standard, do you understand? What is his standard of diligence, right? And really, di diligence has no limit. It just depends on the person who is handling it, right? But what is your, what, what is your standard of diligence? Now, for Israel, it is, di it is different because he's still a child. He still needs guidance. He still needs to be directed. He still needs to, to, um, to, to, to be guided. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, yes, you will know some things, and then you have to put him through and make him do it. And this is the best time that you can do it. Because by the time he starts getting to teenage years, it becomes difficult for you to be able to do it. So, but now you need to condition him. That's what I, it's wrong. I don't like using that word condition. All right. But it's, it's the best I can use now. It's time to condition him to do the best. And what, for me, what is the best? Right? Here's, it, here's the, the thing. Because we still have to go back to scripture. Anything is it. So, diligence has to do that whatsoever your hand finds to do. Do it with all your might. And the question I ask myself every night, I, I do a recap of my day. I don't sit down and write it on paper and this thing. But before I go to bed a lot of times, I'm, I'm doing a recap of my day. Have I put in my best today? I ask myself, did I put in my best today? If I, if I have not put in my best, you, can, you, you will only lie to yourself, right? And you cannot lie to yourself, really. Uh, but if you lie to yourself, there probably is no repercussion immediately. It's going to show up later. Right? That's if you lie to yourself. But you have to ask yourself the question, have I put in my best today? Or this thing that I'm doing, you're asking yourself, this thing that I'm doing, is this the best I can do? Right? I'll go back again to my son. I like giving you know, an example. You know, 
there were some there were some topics that were really hard for him. He's taking some some kind of advanced level mathematics and all that. And there were some topics that was hard for him. And I use that as a you see you see what I'm talking about intelligence now. And this you see where you see the limit that there is always some point that you get to that you cannot really break through yourself. All right. And then you have to do certain things to be able to overcome what you need to do. All right. So now he is not you know he's somebody that will sit down you know. Sometimes he's not even in class. He understands what's going on. He can, he, can, he can just pick it up like that. He can just follow the example and just pick it up. All right? But this particular topic was really difficult for him. Derivatives. I don't know why that is difficult for him. And now, what I told him, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. I can't break through. I asked him, have you done your best? He said he has done his best. All right. Tell me all that you have done. Well, I've studied. I've looked at YouTube. I've looked at... Uh, looked at this. I've looked at Khan Academy. I've, he gave me all the list. And, I'm, and I asked him, is this all that is available for you to do? Oh, okay. I guess I guess I can, I can talk to somebody else. And he talked to a friend who is not even doing as well as he's doing in that class. And that was the guy that helped him to understand that. What am I saying? What am I saying in all this? I'm saying that your best, have you done? You say, whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Do it with all, do everything you can do. And so the thing you ask yourself every time when you're doing things, is this the best I can do it? If you answer the question, because really, the level of engagement is the level of return that you're going to get, right? And those things don't lie. They're like numbers. Numbers never lie to you, right? Yeah. They always tell you, numbers will always tell you the truth. So they're like numbers. Anything you do, you have to ask yourself, have I put in my best here? Or what else can I do to make this better? Because you never get to a climax. And I don't know if I said it here. I don't, I don't use the word, you know, I don't use the word best. I don't use the word best. I don't use the word greatest for myself and all of that. I prefer better. You can always get better. But when, by the time you use best, you have to, so don't ask yourself. Yeah, you capped yourself. You already capped yourself when you say best. Or you say, oh, this is the best. This is the thing. You already capped yourself. But you ask yourself, can I do better? Right? Is this all I can do? And if there's more that you can do, give it. That's what diligence is. Most of all the people that are running around, it's just diligence. It's just, you know, they, they never give up. They never are satisfied. They never get to a point where they think they are satisfied. Or they have exhausted everything that God has given them. Because God is inexhaustible. The things of God are inexhaustible. God can take you to any length, from one length to the other, to the other, to the other. Uh, 20, in, in, in 1920s, there was a guy. I'll just, I'll just do this to round up now, and then I'll, I'm sorry. In 1920s, there was a guy who said that the patent office in the U.S. should be shut down. Because there's nothing more anybody can create or produce or invent that will make a difference. In 1920, he said the American, this thing has, uh, the American creativity has gotten to its peak and there's nothing we can do anymore beyond where we are now. So the patent office should be closed. I'm sure if the, if the guy, if the guy, if the guy, if the, the, I'm sure the guy is dead and I'm sure that if he comes up again, if he has the opportunity to just resurrect from the dead and look at the world, the shock of what is happening will kill him again. So you cannot exhaust things. Yeah, so that's where, that's where we are. So, and that's why you know, we have to give it what it takes. 
All right, let's just thank God for, just thank him for what we have. Father, we just want to thank you. Help, help our minds, help our hearts, help us to get to that place of abundance. Help us to know, God, that uh, this, this abundance thing is very important to you. Thank you, O God, because uh, you will help us. You will help us to be able to uh, extract everything we need to extract. And thank you that at the end of the day, we will use these words to the glory and honor of your name. And we will be the better for it, and our children will benefit greatly from it. That there will be no limits for them in their time, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, they will be great inventors. They will be solution providers. They will change the world. They will bring about inventions. Because in your word, you promised us the knowledge of witty inventions. It is our portion. It is our children's portion in the name of Jesus. Father, we just want to thank you. We declare no limits for our children. There is no limit for our children. There is no limits, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Everything you have blessed them with, they will engage to the fullest. We bless you, oh God. We give you praise. They will be distinguished in the name of Jesus. Daniel stepped into Babylon and his colleagues. They were different. Father, that will be our testimony in the name of Jesus. It will be the testimony of our children in the name of Jesus. And they will be remembered, oh God, for good. That when we were around, things happened. And above all, it will bring glory and honor to your name. Because men will see you. Men will know, oh God, that you are indeed a God that wants to bring solutions to the affairs of men. Father, this evening we just present ourselves as those instruments for the solutions to the affairs of this world, oh God. To the questions, the problems of this world, we present ourselves. And we thank you because you are leading us into them. We give you praise and we bless you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we are praying. Amen.